The Equest Podcast. Funds Industry Conversations. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to this episode of The Equest Podcast with me, Danny Lawler. If you're new to the podcast, do be sure to subscribe, and don't be afraid to share it with your friends and pals as well. The topic for this podcast is SFTR and EMEA reporting. It's a bit of an alphabet soup, so let me just explain a little. Uh, SFTR is the Securities Financing Transactions Regulation, and EMIR is the European Markets Infrastructure Regulation. Both of those are European laws that came into effect post the last financial crisis, the idea being to require industry participants to submit and report data to regulators and trade repositories so that the regulators could understand better what was happening in the markets and could try and anticipate risks that might be coming down the line. So the context for the podcast is my guest is Kieran Walsh from Fundrex. And yesterday, we're recording late September 2022. Yesterday, Kieran moderated a panel discussion at a webinar hosted by Fundrex. It was also attended by yours truly and by the Central Bank of Ireland and others. So the topic was data quality and oversight of reporting under SFTR and EMIR. And myself and Kieran chat about the aims that were there for the webinar, what we heard, particularly the messaging from the central bank, and maybe some insights into where the market is at currently and what the expectations are for where the market needs to get. Okay, so with that intro done, let's get on with the podcast. The Equest Podcast, Funds Industry Conversations. Hi, Karen. welcome to the Equest Podcast. Cheers, Danny. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. You're COO in Fundrex. And for maybe anybody who doesn't know who or what Fundrex are, do you want to give us a little spiel? So kind of in 60 seconds, we are fund accountants by trade or recovering fund accountants, as Alan and Des like to call us. But we have reconciliation software for fund administrators, uh, transfer agents, depositories, and do some data transformation as well. And uh, just on the subject we'll be covering today and have covered just regarding EMIR, we look after EMIR oversight for a number of clients across Europe where we will take in their trade repository feeds, we'll take in their fund admin feeds, do the end-to-end reconciliation, make sure that they have all their data quality checks in place and give them their output so that they can resolve any issues and make sure that the reporting up to senior management or board level is, is possible. So I guess... With the product in the in the space of reconciliations around EMEA and EMEA reporting, it's a topic kind of close to your heart, certainly at the moment, as, as firms are looking at it a bit closer. Big time, big time. We've seen an awful lot more engagement over the last probably 12 months, 12 to 18 months, where firms are looking to put a, a more defined, a more detailed framework in place for their oversight, where they probably are getting more queries in from the, the CBI and, and looking to stay on top of that in a, in a more automated fashion. Certainly. And the context for our chat today is, is obviously there was a, a webinar yesterday uh, hosted by Fundrex and also attended by the Central Bank and, and other industry experts where the focus was on data quality and an oversight of reporting under both EMIR, which is the European Market Infrastructure Regulation, and SFTR, the Securities Financing Transactions Regulation, both pieces of European legislation designed to, at some part at least, require reporting on transactions to regulators for onward sending to ESMA so that regulators can get a better sense of what's happening in the marketplace and try and identify things like a buildup of systemic risk or other issues that, 
that might be coming down the tracks and try and get ahead and take action before they manifest into something pretty ugly. Um, so, Kieran, I guess yesterday's uh, webinar, what's your, what were your hopes going into the webinar? What were you trying to achieve or get out of it? Well, from our side, we were just trying to get a, a message out there. And we've worked a little bit with the central bank in terms of their expectations and allow they give them the platform to deliver that as well to the industry. Uh, so in terms of what we did get out of it is just their focus on data quality and why it is important. So it was it was great to hear from them on that side of it. Great to get an understanding as to what they're using that data for and how they're overseeing it. So the, the fact that the, this EMEA reporting and the data they receive will be driving policy and change at their end may, means the data quality has to be has to be top notch. Yes, uh, certainly, um, you know, when you think of the amount of data that they receive, both under these two pieces of legislation, and then you throw in things like AIFMD and MIFID reporting uh, and everything else, uh, they really they really do have access to huge amounts of information if that information is in good shape, they can mold it and shape it and extract from it then to help them with their supervision. And that is what they do. I thought that was quite interesting yesterday. They were quite clear that there's a lot of eyes in the central bank and a lot of different teams that use yeah. data to, to help them do what they do. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to hear that it's not just the EMEA and SFTR supervisory teams that are, are looking at that and that they are getting live information from the trade repositories and it is being used across the board. So I think they, they really delivered that message so that firms have to stay on top of it. And if they're not staying on top of it, that they'll they'll be reaching out to them and there will be supervisory action. Yeah, and I know it's certainly, well, for want of a better word, a bit of a gripe that you hear more than more than occasionally uh, around, you know, we're collecting all this data as an industry and we send it into the bank and we never see what happens to it. And, you know, what what's the point? Is it worthwhile? Because it's, expensive in terms of time and money and energy to, to gather the information and submit it. So it's it's really interesting to hear how it's used and the value that they place on it. But only any good, as I said, if data quality is going to improve. And that was something the central bank was quite strong on yesterday. True. And it's something that something else they said as well as firms can start to use this data if they have it in the, the correct manner, manner to for their own risk, their internal risk processes. And start to really evolve their own internal data network for all of this information and really use it themselves as well as delivering it to the, the central bank. Well, I guess that would be the ideal, really, that having put the time and effort into gathering the data, putting it in good shape for sending into the bank, that a firm could actually draw on that data itself and see what is it that it can learn um, about the business and about the risks in the business and the risks in the, the products under management that maybe they wouldn't otherwise know. So it'd be really interesting to see if firms can get into that space. But I feel they've a bit to go yet. Certainly a lot of firms have a bit to go yet before they're they're at that. I think so. I think so. But it's uh, getting that proper framework in place at the start will be the key for it. And just building on that. Is like from what the, the CBI had said, they're doing data quality checks on a daily basis on the full industry. So there's no reason why firms can't be doing that. But then leveraging that information to, to add an awful lot more value is, is the next step. And I think that's what we'll start to see going forward. And so as you work with firms, Kieran, what's your assessment of data quality issues? Like, I mean, does it get a lot of attention? Is it 
does anybody care as long as something goes in that it's you know something is better than nothing or or have things moved on and there is more there is a lot more focus on it and i think it's from our side we've certainly seen it in the last six months where data quality has become even more important i presume that's coming from the central bank querying it and having their process in place to oversee it but the market seems to be getting on top of it a lot more and like in terms of seeing what our clients have on day one there's an awful lot of issues where they don't have the oversight they don't have that framework in place but as we're working with them as they have that daily oversight that daily reconciliation they're tidying up this data they're getting it into a place where it's an awful lot better and then going forward they have a, a much cleaner data set that's been delivered so it does take a little bit of time in getting it tidy but once that initial process takes place they're usually in a good place then and just to give everybody a sense where is it that they're drawing this data from and is it easy to get your hands on for the firms so with the majority of our clients most of their data will be coming from dtcc but we're also receiving data from univista and from regis as well we have connectivity with dtcc and regis where we'll get our clients data directly into us and then the data quality checks checks will happen on a daily basis so it's uh ensuring that connectivity is in place is the is the, is the main starting point for us Okay, and that's DTCC and the others are, are the trade repositories. So they're the entities with whom you're, whom you're filing the... Correct, correct. And that's where all of the data quality checks will be done. A lot of the, the other side of the, the rec where it's the completeness and the, the pairing side of it, where we're ensuring that the book of records matches to the trade repository. A lot of the data points that are needed, you can't do a side-by-side matching. That's where the data quality is just on the trade repository data. Okay. And so the, the side-by-side that you do, is that information coming from a fund administrator? Typically, it will be the fund admin, yes. So you'd be looking at the trades, you'd be looking at the, the quantity, price, the valuation, making sure that that's consistent with what the trade repository has, making sure that the maturity dates and currency and all that side of it line up. And then once you've that in place and you're happy on that side of it, that's when we look at then at the data quality. And it's we do both a standalone data quality check where we'll just take the trade repository data and then we'll also do the completeness check or we can do them combined. So we've the three different options for our clients. And in terms of volumes of data, uh, I hope people are sitting comfortably. <laughs> what, what sort of line items, how many line items are you talking about for, say, EMEA reporting? So you, you could have funds that have... 20, 30, 40, 50 line items, you could have funds then that have thousands. And some of our firms, our clients, you're dealing in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of line items. And then you're dealing with over 100 data points. And then when we get to a mere refit, I think it goes over 200 data points that are are being submitted. So it's an awful lot of data. But as I said, once the the starting point is there, once the, the tidy up has taken place, it's usually not too bad after that. And you can start really using that data a lot, a lot more. And I know it's a rough question or a broad question, but how long would it take a firm where they are starting out in this process to get on top of data, data sources, and data quality and get to a place where they can sleep a bit easier at night? So if we're looking at a new client and say they've 20 sub funds that are in scope, 
we will spend the first couple of weeks making sure we've all the connectivity and the data in place. Then the next couple of weeks, we'll get all of the recs completed or the first pass of it. And then within four to six weeks, we'd have the data tidied up and you'll have your, you'd be moving to BAU where you're in, in good shape. So you're talking about two months or probably a bit more? It, less than two months if it was a, a kind of a medium-sized firm. Whereas if the, the larger man calls where you're dealing with hundreds of funds, it's a little bit longer, but it's uh, it all depends on how quickly we can get the data. And that's that's usually the the main item for us. If we can get the data quickly, everything else is it's been done before with all the trade repositories, with all the fund admins. So we're we're used to those data points. It's just dealing with the volume then after that and the quality of that. And the other kind of key area that was discussion yesterday was around oversight and so so once you have procedures in place actually grab this data submit it and then check it and check quality and reconcile it uh, what kind of reporting goes back to the firm because in most instances it's not the for example the manco itself that will do this it's would have delegated the the reporting to the counterparty probably but what reporting goes to the manco and what reporting goes to the manco's board Let's start with what kind of reporting you see systems being able to pull out to, to send up to, for example, a board. So it'll just be summary level data, number of positions, number of issues identified, number of issues resolved within that time period, and the time results. So quarter on quarter results, are we improving? Is it getting better and better? And ensuring that there is continuous improvement. That's what you'd see kind of at the board level. Whereas more at the operational level, it, it'd be line by line. So typically we'll have a match or a break, and this will either include or exclude a data quality issue. So you have different statuses that we'll feed back. So if it is just data quality our clients are looking at, they will uh, get one report with all their data quality issues. They can then divide that into different asset types, different sub-investment managers, different counterparties, all that side of it. So you have all that information on one report and you can look to start tidying that. So you can go to the lowest level if needed. My sense is that uh, Mancos these days at least are pretty good at oversight of certain matters. So they're generally pretty good when it comes to portfolio management and risk management. Certainly a lot more sophisticated, a lot more in the weeds than they would have been a little while ago. I think on the EMEA and SFTO reporting, I think there, there's a bit to go from what I've seen with quite a few firms, just as a, a broad indication. There's, they wouldn't have the same level of knowledge, for example, I don't think, on the detail of the SFTO and the EMEA reporting that they probably have around portfolio movements and performance and that kind of stuff. And I guess... Yeah, it, it is starting to improve. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, I, and they certainly have the capability and the, the skills and expertise to oversee in detail very well. I think it's a matter of putting that focus and attention now onto their EMEA and SFTO reporting. I think so. We're starting to see that as well, an awful lot more uh, from the from the bankers. And I think the CBI uh, confirming and reaffirming their message yesterday will only help drive that home. But more and more of them are, are getting on top of it now and putting that framework in place. So it, it's getting there. Yeah, I think uh, the you know those regulations have been around for a little while now, and you know you talked about continuous improvement. I guess day one, you're you're just kind of trying to make sure you're doing some form of reporting. But what might have been market practice or accepted in the market day one is moved on at this stage. It's been around long enough that I think it's reasonable 
from the regulator's perspective to expect the data quality to be you know improving and the levels of oversight to be more uh, granular and intrusive if they need to be than what it might have been uh, earlier on in these regimes. So I guess it's just a natural evolution that the expectations are higher and the standards better match. I think so. I think so. And the fact that the CBI are using this data for their own internal policies and to drive policy will just heighten the expectations on their side uh, in terms of that quality. But it is getting there. There's a lot more firms are engaging now and making sure that they do have those frameworks in place uh, and that the the correct governance is in place. And I think even talking to some clients and prospects, the boards are getting more involved to make sure that this is being captured and it is being looked at uh, the way it should be. Yeah. And I guess one of the positives then you mentioned there in terms of policymaking, I remember from my days when you are crafting something and you're, you're trying to assess where to where to set the rule, where to set the, the benchmark. It can be difficult to do, uh, you know, at a desk writing a policy paper without good quality information on impact. And so to the extent that this data can be used then to say, well, if we set the bar here, this is what the impact is going to be. And if we set it a bit higher, it'll be this or lower, it'll be this. And to try and be a little bit more scientific and a bit more objective in understanding impact, then you can hopefully... Uh, engage in better rulemaking and, and get your rules closer to where they they ought to be to achieve what you want to achieve without maybe overburdening firms with costs that that are disproportionate to what you're what you're going to achieve with your rules. So if more data and better quality helps with policy making and rulemaking, I think it's a great thing. Definitely, definitely agreed. And uh, yeah, if if the CBI are using all of that, it's only just going to be more of a positive. And I think if firms start using their own data similarly it'll just be a net positive across the industry. So I guess to conclude and wrap up, I think, um, well, clearly messaging from the central bank is improve. We need improved data quality and improved oversight. You know, they issued a letter on this in 2019. We had the central bank in that webinar yesterday delivering a very similar message. So maybe time to, to really take notice and and really make efforts to improve the quality on both of those fronts. I think so, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot more focus from the CBI uh, and once you have that oversight framework in place, uh, you're going to be in good place and good position to respond to any queries from the CBI. You're going to be on top of it. And once the CBI see that, they're going to be happy with the, the effort that is being made to improve that quality. But yeah, from the 2019 letter, there isn't anything new there. It's just a, a refocus from the CBI. And I do expect to see more engagement from that, from them going forward. So, yeah, my guess would be, you know, the, the typical yeah typical pattern would be probably you know DCO letter followed by some sort of thematic review followed by another industry engagement. So it would be good if you're a firm to try and ensure when that thematic review comes, if it comes, that you're able to answer the questions and you're in a good place and you're not you don't find you're an outlier or that the market has moved and you haven't managed to keep up. Thank you very much for your time, Karen. Appreciate it. Thanks for that, Danny. The Equest Podcast, funds industry conversations.